you're listening to Arts Mitten on Sin Nation. And we're joined by Shane Grant, Matt Adley and Lauren Simmons from Metanoa's Live Works at the Mechanics Institute in Brunswick. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks. Hi, thank you. So, Shane, I'll start with you. Sure. You're uh, doing a performance installation uh, about milk bars. And everyone loves a good milk bar. They've got all the important things that you need, violet crumble, redskin lollies. So talk a bit about what you're doing. How do you translate the milk bar to the theatre? Yeah, that's right. Well, our milk bar experience will be a venue-wide experience with a number of collaborating artists, ranging from sound artists to dancers to more traditional theatre-based performers. Uh, it'll be kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure where you come into the venue and there'll be choices to make about which direction you decide to follow. There'll be simultaneous performances going on and performances tracking from room to room, so you might follow a performer from one room to another where another new performance will erupt and take place. Yeah. Okay, and what made you decide milk bars? I mean, when's the last time you went to a milk bar? Uh, well, <laughs> actually, last weekend we did a tour of uh, milk bars around Melbourne, which was quite a, a revealing day to see the current state of milk bars, which is ter- uh, very much in decline. Have you got a favourite milk bar? Uh, <laughs> oh, well, my local, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And what do you usually get from the from the milk bar? What's your, what's your usual? Do you have a usual order? I which is milk and cigarettes. <laughs> Can't complain with that. You're talking about encounters in milk bars. Yes. Have you got a milk bar encounter that you'd like to share? Well, there is a. we've been doing some research with, um, we call them the experts, people who actually have run milk bars uh, during their lives. And one of the experts is my parents-in-law had a milk bar in the 70s across the road from the Collingwood Town Hall. And uh, when the, uh, what was it, the Punt Road widening project took place, the milk, the whole side of the street where the milk bar was, was knocked down. And as the bulldozers got closer, the government was uh, compensating business owners, no, not business owners, property owners, but not the business owners. So uh, for my parents-in-law to uh, maintain the business, they had to find a great Greek solicitor, Mr. Puppis, who discovered that any family with young children couldn't be evicted from their place of residence. So they held out right until the end when all the other buildings were knocked down and only their milk bar remained standing before the Board of Public Works relented and um, paid them out for their business. As they should. How long ago was that? Uh, that was 1973, so it's going back away. Mm. Mm. You also mentioned, so there seems to be quite a bit of an element of choice as well on the part of the uh, of the audience member in, in your piece. They can they can yeah, choose where they so. go to. And, um, mm. and it seems rather similar case, um, I'd say, in yours, uh, Matt, your, your piece, because it's a, it's a three, it goes to three hours, but audiences can come in and out as they please. And, mm. um, and you've said that it's about two performers uh, attempting to create an event to end all events that kind of mm. is based on Eugene... Um, UNESCO's the the chairs and Lauren Simmons. I'm sure there's there's probably quite a you know an element of like audiences in in yours un, unseen. They can be led by their own curiosity. I'm I'm sure as as it is with all, uh yeah with all live art really. So yeah maybe could you Matt or um or Lauren talk us through um uh, I guess how much control an audience member has over their mm. own experience in your shows. Um well my work is. It doesn't have the same elements of people floating in and out. People come in at the time of the show and then they'll uh, 
be seated around around me. So, but there will be an intimacy to the show. So it's not like a very static, two-dimensional people up in the seats and the artists performing. It'll be quite immersive and my background's in visual arts so I've created a lot of sculptural works and installations and for this work I'll be revealing a lot of the unseen forces that are around us and that's in terms of more of uh, nature and magnetic polarities and gravity and, and that kind of thing. So, so it's, a, it's a way of me um, using materials and in a creative way revealing these forces that are around us in a very artistic very interesting oh and yeah matt would you like to talk a bit more about about your piece and how how the yeah. experience is so um this this piece is kind of a new new sort of experiment for me in my practice i'm normally from i'm a theater designer um and i make theater as well but i um it's very visual based theater and this one's sort of more about sort of stripping everything back all the production values back and just working with the two performers in the space with you know a minimal set of sort of tools or devices that they can reach for through the process of our rehearsals that we'll be um, discovering and then um, also as the audience come and go they might be there for the whole three hours who knows it's sort of looking at how they deal with that and how they deal with the relationship with the audience I mean it's sort of trying to put the audience the audience perspective into the center of the show in terms of like what they're getting from what they're seeing, how we, how we can stretch the time for them and sort of, yeah, just trying to work with effect and meaning in, in, in duration, I guess, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, sounds very interesting. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to keep talking to uh, Lauren, Matt and Shane listening to Art Spitten on Sin Nation. Hi. And, of course, we're here also to talk about Manoia Live Works here with Shane Grant, Matt Aidy and Lauren Simmons. So just talk, talking about um, the, the three of your works um, together here, it's noticed, and, and I, this might just be, yeah, this is probably just like a sort of what live art is really about in general, but the three of yours all, all seem to be about, I guess, like using, you know, everyday objects like um, like chairs or, or a milk bar or, in your case, Lauren, I feel like it's all sort of all sorts of unseen things <laughs> and, and uh, finding the magic in them all, I, I guess. Mm. Is, is, that, is that sort of how you see it or is there something more to it or is that that's a... For- a big, for me, a big part of it. Yeah, for me hmm. personally, I'm I'm interested in working with materials that are are kind of everyday materials and in turning them into something quite magical and beautiful. Um, hmm. So you know things like plastic and paper and um, even just light itself and using that as a medium and that's that's a real interest of mine. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm interested in that sort of utilitarian um, use of the materials. I'm, I'm a like a big fan of going to just the hardware store and like scoping out you know what's what's about and then pulling it out of its context and putting it into a different context i think it's there's something really special about putting them in a space where they're not belonging and i have a construction background as well so it's for me it's like oh this material that i used to work with is now representing something else or it's symbolic of another question or answer for the audience yeah, and I think certainly with Milk Bar, we're looking at uh, the hidden stories behind very familiar places and trying to find the magic in the ordinary. So, Lauren, you've talked about being a visual artist and unseen, it's an immersive work built on a reverence for things that we can't see. So yeah. I guess the logical question would be, how do you present things that are unseen? 
I guess an, e- an easy example of that um, that won't be given too much away from what you can see from one of my images is like wind, you know, it's, it's all around us, but we can't see it unless it touches something. So just finding ways to reveal these uh, qualities of nature that are constantly happening and evolving with us. And I've been looking at, at things like the tides and the, the moon and gravity and that kind of thing as well. So how do, we, how do I, as an artist, recreate that? And that's what the work kind of asks of me and, and shares with the audience so it it sounds quite scientific as well. Yeah, um, are, you, are you coming uh, from sort of like a a science background, or is it, or is it sort of a just a curiosity of yours? Or? No, not at all. It's um, I think it's just a, it's just an interest. And as a human, yeah. I think in our today's in today's society, we're often on devices and detached from nature, and we're in cubes, and it's sort of like a way to connect myself and others in with the bigger scheme of things that. You know, we are these tiny specks on this big ball that's th- being thrown through the galaxy. At, see, I'm not a scientist. I don't know however many kilometres per hour. But, um, that's, yeah, it's, it's sort of the questions that I'm, I'm asking. Um, but definitely I'm not a scientist and I don't have claim to, to have any scientific uh, facts to present. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. Something you said in, in there about you know na- nowadays being less, sorry, more disconnected with nature because it kind of uh, Shane, you were also talking about yours sort of being uh, the milk bars being as kind of like a hark back to this theme of you know the good old days, uh, you know something that's something that's that's uh, that's that's disappearing, oh, a bit sentimental, I guess. You could also you could also sort of say, uh, yeah, we are. There is a big uh, nostalgia theme, mm. although we're not indulging fully in nostalgia uh, you know mm. 100% there is uh, you know contemporary reference and that kind mm. of thing as well and oh and another what we were talking about uh, things that are unseen as well um, Matt I don't know how closely um, your, your work is actually going to end up resembling the you know Eugenie Unesco's plays but but of course there's like lots of characters there who aren't actually their, their chairs are seen but they aren't actually seen in that so yeah is, is that like is it mostly would you say yours is your piece is working very much with with the unseen as well or with you know seeing like the, the, the... Um, quite the opposite I'll be working oh, right, with yeah. the scene because I think oh, yeah. um, we'll be working with the audience a lot more and um, oh, yeah. sort of focusing on trying to move them around the space and trying to um, shift the parameters of the performance and the shape of the sort of spatial dimension that the audience takes in the space by moving their chairs or having the, sh- the chairs constantly sort of moving or stacking or it's making sculptural forms and the audience may have to sit or stand or, you know, a lot of it's going to be based on improvised sort of situations from the, the performers in terms of, like, what's what's being brought to them and how they react to it. So, yeah, it's, it, it is really funny that I'm working with something more that's more seen <laughs> than, um, than the unseen, where we had a reading of the, um, the play on Friday night and, mm. yeah, it was quite... It's just really funny to have the two... The two performers reading it um, back to me, and yeah, realizing how many characters there are in this play, and they're mm. just not there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and um, and how like kind of pointless the actual uh, narrative of of the play is, which which is really what I, what I love a lot about uh, you know the absurdist movement and, and mm. their work, and that's what I'm interested in, in sort of pushing that meaning of like what is the point <laughs> yeah, yeah and it sounds like they'll be quite different each time as well yeah it's, especially if it's improvised and I'm sure well, yeah live art that probably comes with the territory it's, it's a different it's different each time you do it yeah, yeah it's, it's, sure. I think live art lets your projects kind of evolve more 
as you're as you're creating them and rolling them out. Hmm. Well, yeah. I'm speaking of uh, spontaneity and improvisation. We thought we'd let you so you have a chance to, as as we do with all our guests at the end of their interviews, with our exquisite corpse sentence at the moment. So, Emma, would you like to explain to our, our next victims what the exquisite corpse <laughs> involves? Next victims, I, I like that. So, each guest we have on Art Smitten makes up a sentence that we read them all out at the end of the season so it becomes kind of like a story kind of a create your own sort of tale so last week we had that this is last week's contribution and you have to make a sentence to follow on from that the rest is kind of history da 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 dum snapping fingers (laughs) thank you (laughs) so have a have a think no pressure but a a little bit of pressure (laughs) Jump in. Whoever has the first burst of inspiration. Okay, a darkness descended. Upon the moving child. It's a square planet. (laughs) It's a square. Oh, curious. I like it. (laughs) Well, yeah, thank thank you very much, Shane, Matt uh, and Lauren, for being our victims and for for coming in and talking to us today. Yeah, it was a really, really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank thank you very much. Yeah. So, of course, the Metanoi Live Work season uh, is happening at the uh, Mechanics Institute in Brunswick on Sydney Road from, so starting on the 25th of June, so not that far away at all, until the 6th of August listening to Arts Midden on Sin Nation with myself, Christian. And Emma. <laughs>